is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to another episode of the Million Dollar Hobbies show, where we turn your passion into reality so you can live the dream life that you've always wanted to live. As I actually, uh, over the weekend, I realized that the world is opening up. Uh, As you know, I have uh, friends uh, from all over the world. I do business in uh, many countries, and I've been hearing from my colleagues overseas, as well as here in the United States, that things are opening up. Things are finally getting better. People are getting out, living, you know, somewhat normal lives, or I guess getting used to the new normal. So I was just thinking that many of you might be going back to work or, um, you know, just dealing with the new normal, like how we used to interact with people. And when we get a lot of people, you always have a few people that are just difficult. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about dealing with difficult people. Actually, this show is titled um, Handling Difficult People Like the Boss. So first thing, if you're going to try to deal with difficult people, because, you know, I'm just thinking too, we just had this um, maybe a year, year and a half of this horrific time where we were, you know, kind of living lives that we didn't want to live. Uh, We didn't have social interaction with friends, family, and just all those things, you know, went on. So as we go back to work, I'd like to think that we're going back to a better place a little bit, uh, you know, better just just overall, we just went through really a tough time. And I like to think that the world has gotten better. So let's try to understand um, how do we deal with difficult people and who are difficult people and why are they so difficult in the first place? Have you ever wondered that? Because I know that you probably had your share of you know, dealing with people that just made life difficult for you and everyone else around them. So first thing, why are people difficult? I mean, obviously there are many different reasons why people, um, you know, maybe some of them don't intend to be, but they are. So I listed a few people that I've come across or a few reasons why people are, in my estimation, not happy. They want to make life difficult for you, sometimes uh, unintentionally. Some people are just unhappy with their personal lives and they want to sort of take it out on people that are near you or the nearest person that they're you know, next to. Uh, maybe they didn't get the job over their dreams or stick in a job they don't like. Uh, maybe they complain about not making enough money. They suffer from low self-esteem um, and choose to manifest their views of themselves, of the low self-esteem version of themselves onto you. Um, maybe they're just jealous because you are happy. I don't know. But uh, all those things uh, sort of um, happen. Or I think the bigger issue a lot of times um, is some people just suffer from a variety of what I call a superiority complex. They think you're superior, they are superior than you in many ways. You know, uh, something like, hey, I'm the big cheese customer and I'm always right, even if I'm being unreasonable and belligerent. Uh, Some people say I'm the boss and my ideas are better than your ideas um, and my time is worth more than your time. You know, they make you wait, you know, all day long and then they just kind of like, you know, blow it off like it's nothing. Um, I'm older than you and I've been in in this industry before you were even born. Oh, my gosh. If I hear that one more time, I think I'm just going to get a migraine headache or something. 
Um, and then some people think they're just so smart and nice and you know whatever, and but they're not getting enough enough note. They're not getting noticed enough, and they just try to cause drama. They want to be the center of attention, and so the list goes on and on and on. Um, so how do you deal with all these people? I think I listed all these reasons why people are difficult because when you understand where they're coming from, when you understand the reasons for their difficulty of, or manifestation of their, you know, per, persona or, you know, however that kind of sort of um, plays out itself in a work situation or even in personal lives, it kind of helps you deal with or minimize the impact. Uh, or maybe sometimes even salvage it, or maybe you can even help somebody because maybe sometimes they don't even realize that they're being um, that way. Okay. They're just not being cooperative, happy people that they should be. So I know that you've met a lot of people like this. So what do you do? Do you just shut them out and don't deal with them? No, that's not realistic because, you know, we can't. Uh, a lot of times you do have, you know, a lot of times I think some of the most difficult people have been the people that I need the most to get my business going or that, you know, I've had some bosses that are just really just impossible. I mean, I, I had a boss that used to yell at me just for asking, how are you? I mean, when I would say, hello, you know, Mrs. Boss, how are you? And she would say to me, I'm fine. Why do I look sick? You know, things like that. I mean, that's pretty difficult. So you can't shut her out. And so what do you do then if you are, if you get across people like this? Um, and, you know, also sometimes people are not difficult. People don't come with a warning. Hey, I'm difficult. Okay. So sometimes they come disguised as nice people uh, that you can trust and so forth. So and here are just some red flags too, when you are going to face a, some sort of drama, difficulty, or things that are just a little bit unpleasant for you. For example, when you see people that, you know, you feel like with so-and-so, it's always all about them. Um, or I have a girlfriend, um, she's always the victim. It doesn't matter, you know, what happens to her life, it's, she's always the victim. You know, I got divorced for the fourth time because, you know, this guy just wasn't right for me. Or he talked me into getting a one night wedding in Las Vegas. I mean, I don't know. I got fired from last job, even though, you know, I was late for the fourth time um, in a week because my I had car trouble, you know, things like that. The point is, it's never her fault. Um and then, you know, some people who love to talk, 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 and they never have anything nice to say about anyone else but herself. And that's really not a good thing either. And then if you use, if you know people that use a lot of words, a lot of words that are excuse words, like, you know, words like because, um, because to me is an excuse word. A lot of times you, I couldn't get this done because, or I don't like this person because, or I, you know, for whatever reason. So these are just kind of red flags that you should look for. So, um, you know, I want to tell you, I, I tell you this because, you know, when I first started in the, in the business world, I was like deer in headlights. I had no idea what I was doing. I was young. I was inexperienced with life um, or just difficult people, period. Now, I live in a very happy home. My family, we didn't have much, but we were always very happy and had each other's back. We never would think about you know, some of these things that are happening. So I was really new, but I just tell you one thing when I just give you an example of what happened to me. And I may, maybe some of you might relate to this. So I was at a TV station 
mm, I would say maybe like 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago now. And you know, my, um, my design sold really well. I mean, on that day, it was just flying. I mean, it's just everything I flashed up sold. I had a huge celebrity who was sitting in the green room and I'm not going to mention her name to protect you know, her because she and I actually became pretty good friends afterwards. But, you know, she was, she was a big celebrity. They advertised her for like a year. Uh, she came there and, you know, her merchandise didn't sell at all, but there was one time her merchandise actually did sell. And there was like a, a, a little bit of a brief hold online and, you know, she got off, she still didn't meet her goal. She still didn't sell all that well. So she got really upset and, you know, she picked up the phone and I was in the green room next, next to her, picked up the phone, called up the customer service and, you know, the head of whatever customer service and asked, you know, miss, you know, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. William, I think it was his name. Um, you know, I'm so-and-so and I, you know, I'm, I'm Miss Celebrity and I um, was really upset because, you know, you didn't have enough operators and therefore we couldn't, you know, I couldn't sell enough. Again, it was all about her, I'm a celebrity and you didn't have operators, so I couldn't sell, you know, on and on. And I was talk sitting here talking to Victoria Wick and even she agreed with me that you guys don't know what you're doing. Now, I never said a thing about anybody, okay? I was just sitting there like an old mouse and I didn't have a, any conversation with her, but you know that's what went on. And so how I handled it was I waited until she was done with this gentleman and I had no idea who she was talking to because I was brand new at this station. Um, as soon as she hung up the phone, I picked up the same phone and I just hit redial. And I got this, you know, some lady who said she was Mr. Williams' secretary. And I asked her if I could uh, speak to him. And she said he was not available. So I left her, left her a message saying that I heard that I uh, supposedly had said some things about, you know, their service levels and so forth. I told her I had no conversation, no such conversation. In fact, I don't even know who she is. I'm just sitting in this green room. And if, you know, if I had a problem, I would um, call him myself and, you know, deal with it politely. So just please excuse me, but I apologize in advance for the confusion. So, you know, these kind of innocent things could happen. And I just want to let you know when, you know, some people could be kind of very uh, tricky in terms of how they uh, will get you kind of rope you into problems, you know, okay, if you're not kind of vigilant about looking out for yourself, like in this case, the red flag was this woman was all about herself. She was always the victim. And, you know, uh, she used the words because a lot. So I listed this for that reason with for that example. So as you can imagine, being in that, you know, in the business world, uh, over 30 countries, um, I've dealt with my share of difficult people, both men and women, old, young, uh, married, unmarried. I mean, they, they're all across the board. They're all across our society. So what then is the solution? How do you then deal with difficult people? Um, here are just some things that I kind of gathered. I'm not a psychologist. This is not a medical advice of any kind, but here are some things that have helped me over the years. And by the way, that celebrity has become one of my better advocates over the years because she knew that, you know, uh, she was wrong and she was having a really bad day, which is not an excuse, but she did come back to me later and explain that, you know, what was going on there. And she was really frustrated. Um, and I took her apology, um, you know, like a boss and we've become pretty good friends. So here it is. Um, number one, 
you know, when, when somebody complains to you about another person, when somebody complains to you about a system in a company, uh, you know, be a good listener because they clearly frustrated her about something and you could either be a friend or an enemy in that situation for her. Listen uh, and be aware of their emotional state. You know, she was frustrated. Uh, she was angry. She was maybe disappointed herself at that time. You can acknowledge it and you can, um, you know, say something like, hey, you know, it sounds like it's a terrible situation. I'm sorry you're disappointed or I'm sorry your feelings were hurt. I'm sorry about what happened. Uh, you know, something to that situation, but do not rope yourself in. In other words, you acknowledge her emotions and that's all you need to do at that point. If somebody's coming after you directly, like, you know, you're a mean person and you're rude and you were really rude and you cut in line, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, so, or they're just, just saying things that are maybe not that direct, but insinuating that you somehow are lesser than her in morality or, you know, hurt her or disappointed her. Um, what I do a lot of times is just neutralize it. Okay. So if somebody says to me, you know, I was really disappointed. I thought I could count on you a little bit more or, you know, something like that. Um, I would just go back and say, so, you know, I'm really sorry you're disappointed. Um, you know, that's the last thing in the world that I would ever want to do is disappoint a friend or disappoint a colleague or disappoint my boss or whatever. But what I do is I'm so sorry that you're disappointed. Not I'm sorry I did anything, you know, to you, but I'm sorry that you're disappointed. So let me try to make this right. And in order for you to make this right, I'm going to understand clearly what it is that I did to make you upset. So, so I don't, you know, I don't irritate you any more than you already are. So what I'm hearing from you is that you thought, or you, you know, you thought that I should have you know, offered to pick up your children from school, offered to, you know, um, babysit them and offered to help them do their homework because I knew that you were busy and I knew that you didn't have flexible schedule, but I had flexible schedule because I have my own business. And since we were friends that you thought that I should have offered it at least, is that correct? Um, this actually happened to me. <laughs> I know it sounds really ridiculous, but it actually did happen to me. Um, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes the person listens to it and, you know, thinks to herself, that does sound really ridiculous. Um, so I try to just like restate or try, if they're not being clear, I'll just say, you know, let me just kind of clarify in my mind what I could have done better the next time. So you would have been happier if I did, you know, X, Y, Z, even though you didn't ask me, right. I should have just like, you know, and I, and then if she says, yeah, you know, I really am upset because you didn't offer me, you know, blah. Um, I would then ask, well, then give me some like signs next time because sometimes you get a, you know offended that I asked like you needed help or whatever so can you just give me some like top three things to look for because you know at that point she really thinks it's like really ridiculous I'm going to share with you just one more thing that happened to me once uh years ago years ago actually a different network because I have shows all I've had shows all around the world um I was, I had uh, done a filming of a commercial for my show and, you know, it was a beautiful day. I, you know, ended there, they sent a driver, had a makeup artist, you know, I, and I always say, you know, uh, thank you and please, I always ask anybody if you know, anybody else wants a glass of water. Uh, you know, I was raised um, to be courteous all the time. I mean, that's all I had to offer. And I thought it was a great, great, you know, 
four hours or so. I flew in for that and I flew out. And the next time I was in their office, the head of their broadcast, I mean, it was like the second guy in charge of the whole network said, you know, just so that you know, um, my colleague so-and-so told me, Mr. So-and-so told me that you were very rude and you were, uh, you know, very stuck up or something and that that was the feedback he got. And I think that you should nip it in the butt. So I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea who said what, because all I remember was how nice the whole day was and how courteous everybody was. And um, and re me remembering thanking every single person um, by name because about, you know you spend four or five hours with them. And so I just picked up Mr. So-and-so who kind of relayed the story to this uh, gentleman who was the, the, in charge of the whole network. And I said to him, listen, you know, I um, heard that some people feel or somebody feels that I was rude and I was, uh, you know, less than um, desirable, I guess, you know, uh, person to for them to shoot videos of. And I just wanted to find out, you know, even if I don't find out who that person was, I would like to let you know that I honestly don't know what I what I did to offend this person. And since I don't know how I offended this person, it, it's most likely that I'm going to continue that behavior. So if you can just let me know, ask that person, if th that person can let me know what it is that I did to cause him to think that, you know, I was not nice, basically. Um, this man was very surprised um, how direct and transparent and how polite and professional I was. So he basically said, you know what, um, you came to the right place. Let me investigate a little bit. You know, a couple of weeks later, he came back to me and said, you came to the right place. I have no idea. The person couldn't explain to me um, that he even met you. Actually, he wasn't even there. So this person actually uh, was a head of a major broadcasting network in Japan. Uh, he was an American guy. And he and I are still great, great friends. I mean, one of, one of my best friends ever. It, this is like 20 years ago. So a lot of times you can turn a difficult situation into a positive and you end up with a great friend, you know, because you took that time to understand who they were and you took that time to make it right. So number three on my list, I gave you two, set some boundaries. Um, you know, if somebody comes to you and asks for your help or they are talking about other people or they're talking about, you know, customer service being wrong, whatever it is, set some boundaries. And what I do is I would say something like, hey, I'm sorry that you're dealing with this, but, and I don't know what to say. I'm not an expert in this. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have a complete context of what actually went on. And I'm just afraid that I'm going to be aggravating the situation more than I would help. So, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help you in this situation. I hope you, you know, things turn out well for you. That's one thing, you know, I, I do a lot. I set some boundaries very politely. I don't make a lot of excuses on that, but everything I said in that statement is true. Uh, what's really important is like when they're really upset, like they're angry and crying and said, oh my God, so my boss yelled at me and he says that I'm always late because, you know, I've got two kids or whatever. I mean, if they're angry and really upset and, you know, just shaking and all that, you can acknowledge their emotions. You can do all those things, but... What you cannot do is elevate their anger and disappointment and everything else by agreeing with them. And, you know, like you can acknowledge, hey, I understand how you feel, but don't do any other discussions that would, you know, escalate their, their problems. And I think those are like 
four real major um, key factors that I that's always kind of got me through. Um, lastly, I want to tell you that even when somebody is coming after you, like I don't know what happened with that you know place in Japan. Like I have no idea who actually told them this. That, that that man was very he's a very good friend of mine. And I you know recently I asked him like who the heck was that? Can you ever tell? Because I don't even remember who said it. To be honest with you, I just think it was like a sort of a made up lie. Because you know I, he said when I first heard it, I was laughing because there was just no way Victoria would be that rude. Because I I know the woman, but you know he still did the due diligence and so forth. So. Even when somebody's coming after you, uh, you have to remember that everyone has tough days. You don't know what the struggles are going through. You don't know if, if it's directed at you directly or just anybody who happens to be the next person standing. Uh, some people have tough weeks. Some people have tough months. Um, stuff happening is called life and life happens to everybody. So I would say last thing it's a tough one do not judge anybody based on one incident um i think in our culture here in, in the western culture we we tend to judge people by uh, sort of like judge a book by its cover we tend to judge people by how they look or based on one incident based on how they're dressed uh in in my family like at, in the small little village i come from in south korea you know, my father always said it takes a lifetime to learn, you know, learn about someone to get to know someone. So do not judge anyone by one incident, one word, uh, you know, one person's or if it's not a direct thing as you know, so I think that I gave you I hope this helped a little bit as you go back to work and you remember some of those people that were really difficult because they probably are still the same way, but you're going to go back into work with some uh, fresh perspective. And this also happens for many of you who are business owners uh, who have employees that are just very, very, um, you know, just difficult. Uh, they're just naysayers about everything. You can still go back with a fresh perspective. And I hope this was helpful to you. Um, and I just want you to be, you know, be firm, rise above, uh, above the fray and be happy and healthy. And if you haven't signed up for my book, uh, everything that I've said today is actually in my book called The Million Dollar Hobbies. And it's about how I went from zero to $500 million in sales with no money, no mentors, expertise, and on and on. It's a quite a book that's um, it's going to be released uh, very soon. So sign up for that and also sign up for my ebook. You can actually download that now. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate my show if you can. And until next time, bye bye. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.